Hello there, and welcome back to another episode of Check with Tech, your guide to all things tech. I'm your host, Yusina Azam, and let's get started, shall we? First things first, um, Motorola, uh, at the beginning of this year, uh, launched the Moto Razr, the Motorola Razr, which was inevitably a failure. It failed for a lot of reasons. Poor quality was the biggest one of them. Uh, so Motorola wanted a shot at redemption with their new foldable phone, the Motorola Razr 5G. Okay, at this point, 5G, the naming scheme of it at least, is becoming very confusing. So in the foldables area, you have the Z Flip and the Z Flip 5G. The only difference between uh, each other is that uh, the 5G has better processor and has 5G. So they're both considered the exact same phone, just one of them has a faster processor. But here, it's a completely different phone. So how in the world are you supposed to know that? I mean, just call it the Motorola Razr 2, the Motorola Razr Mark 2 like Sony did. Okay, so let's just talk about the phone before I lose my sanity. Uh, so the phone has a 6.2 inch OLED display on the inside and on the outside you have a 2.7 inch OLED quick view display. The phone is powered by a Snapdragon 765G, uh, which adds 5G, hence the name. Uh, you have 8 gigabytes of RAM instead of 6 on the original. Storage has doubled to 256 gigabytes. Uh, there is a bigger battery, a 2800 million power battery. How is that considered bigger? I mean, an S9 from 2018 has a 3000 million power battery. This is smaller than a phone from 2018. I get that it's a foldable phone. I mean, I get it's a foldable phone. But then again, the Z Flip has a bigger uh, battery and it's still the same form factor. I get that Motorola wants this to be as thin as possible, but then again, when is it too thin? I mean, philosophers still haven't answered that question yet. Another improvement was the cameras. I don't want to say because most people know how bad the, Motorola, the original Motorola Razr's camera was. I mean, resolution was bad, colors were bad. You needed, I mean, an ideal scenario if you want the cameras to be competent, let alone good. So uh, with the second generation, uh, Motorola has sort of fixed that. I mean, not fully, but we'll see. You get a 48 megapixel uh, camera on the outside and on the inside, you have a 20 megapixel sensor. Uh, they removed the home button, which was on that bump next uh, under uh, the display the outer display when you close the phone there was this bump um, on the older uh, generation yeah that bump is somehow curved and they removed the home button that used to be on it which acted as a fingerprint scanner so where do they put the fingerprint scanner i mean some people would say just remove the fingerprint scanner do the same as apple did with the iphone x right no, the short answer is no. No face recognition on this phone at all. So then the R&D team at Motorola spent months trying to figure out how to put a biometric scanner, any type of scanner, on the phone. And they have found it. The true meaning of innovation. Put the fingerprint scanner on the logo. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, the Motorola logo on the back also acts as a fingerprint scanner. Is that clever? Is that lazy? I have no idea what it classifies as. Okay, that's pretty much uh, everything that has changed other than the design. I don't know, there's something about this phone that looks cheap. 
that looks even cheaper than the original Motorola Razr. I mean, I don't know, something about the two-tone finish on the outside and uh, the material and the glass finish, everything just looks cheap. That's just my opinion. I don't know, I don't like this scheme at all. I get they were trying to go simple on this one, but they just made it look way too simple. Uh, it actually looks cheap. And then consider this, this phone is a $1400 phone. I mean, yes, it's $100 cheaper than the original Motorola Razr, but $100 isn't a lot in these times. And considering how it looks, I would say just wait some time. Or if you want a foldable phone, get the Z Flip or the Z Fold 2. Those are your best options right now. Here's my verdict. If you're nostalgic for Motorola, get this phone, it's a good phone. You'll have a kick out of it. But I'll, I'll say just wait some time until they released the Motorola Razr 5G 2. So Xbox has had a pretty spectacular week. Not only did they announce that, yes, the Xbox Series S exists and not that it's a figment of our imagination or anything, but they also announced a few extra stuff, so we're going to talk about them. So first of all, of course, we're going to have to talk about the Xbox Series S. So first of all, the concept is fantastic. You get the Xbox Series X and the PlayStation 5. Great consoles. I mean, they're not bad by any means. Just that it's pretty much going to be really expensive. So to have a next-gen console be cheap, I mean, not cheap cheap but cheap enough to be considered cheap c compared to the playstation 5 that is amazing okay but before we begin of course don't let your hopes up it's not as powerful as the series x of course it won't be but it will still be enough to play all of the next gen games with great graphics and great performance and great everything it's just going to be a little bit toned down but it's still enough to play next gen titles which is good enough for me. So we're going to compare the Series X with the Series S, starting with the CPU. Uh, on the Series X, you have an 8-core AMD Zen 2 architecture CPU with a 3.8 gigahertz um, base clock speed. On the Series S, you have the same thing, but the base clock speed is now a 3.6 gigahertz. For the GPU on the Series X, you have an AMD RDNA 2 GPU with 52 computing units uh, clocked at uh, 1.825 GHz. Uh, on the Series S, you have an AMD RDNA 2 GPU with 20 computing units at 1.565 uh, GHz. On the Series S, you have 12.15 teraflops of raw GPU power. And on the Series S, you have a small but significant 4 teraflops. I cannot believe that 4 teraflops is now considered not a lot. For RAM, I am so happy to report that both systems will have dual channel memory that will make RAM much faster and making the system overall a much better unit in performance. On the Xbox Series X, uh, you get 16GB of GDDR6 RAM in total. Uh, 10 gigabytes will be uh, at 560 gigabytes per second and 6 gigabytes will be only at 336 gigabytes uh, For the series s however, of course, it's toned down uh, You have 10 gigabytes of GDDR6 RAM eight of them uh, at uh, 224 gigabytes per second and two of them will be 56 gigabytes per second on the Xbox series X You can go all the way up to 4k uh, at 120 frames per second and on the Xbox series s uh, you get all the way to 1440p at 120 frames per second. 
it's impressive that they still keep the high refresh rate. Thank you, Xbox. For storage on the Xbox Series X, you'll have a 1TB PCIe Gen 4 NVMe SSD uh, with 2.4GB per second when uncompressed, but 4.8GB per second when it's compressed. On the Xbox Series S, uh, you have a 512GB PCIe Gen 4 NVMe SSD with 2.4GB uh, per second when uncompressed and 4.8GB per second when it is compressed. And then the biggest difference between the Series X and the Series S, the Series S will be a digital-only console, that means there will be no uh, variant at all that will include a disk drive, that means you're going to have to repurchase all of your phys uh, physical games on the Xbox Store. I find that to be really infuriating, because nowadays, games can be really big in uh, storage-wise. I mean, uh, COD, I think it was Modern Warfare, I'm not sure, but it has 200, 200 plus gigabytes of storage. And with a 512 gigabyte uh, SSD, yeah, you're, of course you're going to get an extra uh, hard drive. And now for the price, which is basically the best-selling point of the Xbox Series S. Uh, the Xbox Series X will start at $500, and the Xbox Series S will start at $300. Now that may sound like a lot, but consider this. You get 1440p gaming, which is already beautiful, 120 frames per second, you get 10GB of dual channel memory, you get, I mean not a lot of storage, but hopefully it will be enough. You get basically the next generation power, with uh, enough to run any game in the next uh, 6 or 7 years. And all $200 less than the most powerful uh, console of all time. Now this, in my opinion, is a good deal. But what makes this a much better deal is Game Pass. If you don't know what Xbox Game Pass is, it's basically like a Netflix-style subscription service where uh, they offer you hundreds of games, you download them, and bada bing bada boom, you keep it until... Uh, either the game gets removed from the list or uh, you cancel your subscription. Now I feel like Microsoft has basically built this console uh, out of inspiration from the Game Pass service. So basically when you get either the Series X or the S, it's basically a necessity to get Game Pass as well. I mean if you want to get the most out of your Xbox Series X or S, get Game Pass. I mean yes it's kinda expensive, but not expensive enough. I mean, the price is kinda, right? And you get xCloud for free, that means you can play your Xbox games on your phone or tablet, on, unless it's an iOS uh, device. Now for the design of the console, I hate it. It's just so inconsistent. I mean, look, you start out with this beautiful minimalistic body with barely any interruptions, and then you get this gigantic black hole that completely ruins the consistency of this design. I think that's supposed to be the intake uh, vent, but, but just why? 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 Of, out of all places, just put it on the other side of the body. Why? It kind of reminds me of that microphone thing that you use when you order from a takeout, like when you go to, for example, McDonald's, and they want to go to takeout, and then you have to shout at the microphone so they can take your order. I feel like this is that, and for some reason getting hungry. So this the design at the start, it's beautiful, it's spectacular, but the only thing that's messing it up is that black hole. 
that's what I'm going to be calling it, the black hole. So a lot of people have gaming PCs, uh, and uh, Xbox has Game Pass specifically tailor-made for PC enthusiasts. Uh, so then, for some reason, I'm not sure why, uh, Xbox has decided to double the price for Xbox Game Pass on PC. But don't worry, if you have Ultimate, Game Pass Ultimate, you won't be affected at all. And along with that, Xbox has also announced that EA Play will be um, included at Xbox Game Pass. So yes, I can finally play FIFA 15, FIFA 16, FIFA 17, FIFA 18, FIFA 19, FIFA 20, and Star Wars with no extra cost. Overall, I am impressed at what Xbox did with the Series S. I hope uh, I will get the Series S. Um, and yeah, definitely Xbox Game Pass Ultimate with it. Uh, Pre-orders uh, begin at September 22nd. And it will be available with the Xbox Series X at November 10th. So you have 5G phones, and sometimes you have 5G in the name of phones. But have you heard of NFC, Near Field Communication? If you don't, that's basically how you use Apple Pay, Google Pay, Samsung Pay, and others. Well, what happens if you give NFC the same treatment as 5G? Ladies and gentlemen, you better watch out, because here comes the Poco X3 NFC. Yes, that's part of the name. So, those of you who have heard my past episodes in the podcast already know that I don't like having 5G in the name. Well, now that hatred has gone fully into NFC. I mean, 5G, is, I still have a bone to pick with it, but NFC, I mean, come on. I mean, 5G is in the name because 5G is new. NFC isn't new, unless there is some new innovation and they have completely revamped the idea of NFC then you could use it. <sighs> so the Poco X3 uh, NFC, oh my god, I really should get used to the name. It's Poco's new phone that I did foreshadow a couple of episodes ago when I talked about the, the new Snapdragon 732G, which this phone does have, so thank god, consistency, yay. Uh, so let's talk about this phone. Uh, the phone has a 6.67 inch 1080p uh, display with 120Hz refresh rate. This phone is the first phone to ever use uh, Qualcomm's new processor, the, the Snapdragon 732G. Uh, it has 6GB of RAM and 64 to 128GB of storage uh, with an expandable option via a microSD card slot. It has a 5160mAh battery and is charged with a 33W charging brick that comes in the box. You have uh, four cameras on the back, uh, a 64 megapixel uh, camera, a 30 megapixel ultra wide camera, a 2 megapixel ma 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 macro camera, <laughs> and a 2 megapixel depth sensor. On the front, you have a hole punch cutout with a 20 megapixel selfie camera. I feel like just because the 732G didn't support 5G, uh, Poco was just finding anything to put in place of 5G and they just found NFC and just chose it. Because nothing that I know of actually changes NFC or makes it the important um, aspect of the phone, it's just a regular phone. So anyways, uh, the phone is now on sale in Europe today, at the date of this recording. Uh, for 200 euros, which is equal to around 235 dollars uh, for 64 gigabytes of storage or 250 euros or 295 dollars for 128 gigabytes of storage. That is the launch price of the phone. The MSRP will be 230 euros or around 270 dollars and 270 euros or around 320 dollars. 
I mean, it's pretty good. For, I mean, that's pretty good for what you get, but... I mean, come on, why the NFC? I mean, it's not something important for the the phone itself. And design. I can't say, I mean, they wanted to show to you that it was a Poco phone. So you have this gigantic Poco logo on the uh, bottom of the uh, of the phone on the back. And then the camera cutout, I mean, there's something about it that just looks unnatural. I mean, maybe it's the colors. Or maybe just uh, how thick the phone is. But still, I don't like how the phone looks, especially on the back. And also, this phone has quite a bit of a chin on the front. So yeah, I was honestly expecting smaller bezels, especially on the chin of the phone. But that's pretty much it. Overall, a really good phone. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we have come to the tiny topics. The Apple TV app is now available on Vizio TVs. Uh, Epic Games accounts uh, won't be able to use Apple's uh, sign-in system as soon as September 11th. Huawei says that Harmony OS will come to smartphones uh, the, uh, next year. AMD delays the announcement of uh, the Zen 3 CPUs and Radeon uh, RX 6000 GPUs uh, for next month. Tile promises up to $1,000 in products if you can't find your lost item. AMD is now selling bicycles. That's not the weirdest thing I've heard this week. Minecraft will add PSVR support this month. And LG confirms its next phone will be called the LG Wing. And with that, we close the book of everything that's happened this week. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Please make sure to listen to the other episodes in the podcast. And don't be afraid to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. As always, this is Yasin Azam signing out. See you next weekend.